visiting with us today and you are a child, you may follow Lauren out of the room right now for a lesson that might be a little more uh, age appropriate. The rest of us will stay here and we're going to continue our series that we started last week that I'm calling Let's Go Folks and we need to go. We need to not just sit within the four walls of this church and expect the lost to come to us or to expect people from the community to come in and be a part of our church. We have to go. We have to go out and get them and we have to make disciples as we are instructed to do in the Great Commission. So today, uh, as we look at the book of Hebrews, we're going to learn that it's time for us to go and love one another. Let's go love one another. We need to get out of the church building and go out into the community and love our community and then also demonstrate love for one another within the community. We've got to demonstrate to the world what being a disciple of Jesus Christ is all about so that we can make more disciples. And today I want to show you that loving one another is a way that the world will see that we are genuine followers of Jesus Christ. Now some of this message is going to be review for some of us. It might sound familiar. That's because uh, this is one of those few messages that I felt like was necessary to repeat. I preached this a couple of years ago in our I Love ECCC uh, series. And so some of the things that you hear today is kind of a repeat of what we talked about there. Uh, but I think it's important for us to discuss this because Jesus said that the world will know that you are my disciples. How? By your building programs? No. Uh, by your youth programs? No. By your worship services? No. He said, the world will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Right? And so we have to demonstrate that. We have to do our best to get out and love one another. Now, uh, how many of you have a fence in your backyard? All right, be, it's, I mean, it's something that you don't have to be ashamed. Of. Put your hand up there. Be real. I got, you know, some of you are like, Man. yeah, it's, a, it's, a, I got a fence. We've got a privacy fence around our backyard and, and uh, the front yard is wide open, no fence. Uh, and, and, and honestly, here's what we have done sometimes at our house. It, and maybe you agree with me on this. Maybe you don't, but I don't really care as much what my backyard looks like because I have this big privacy fence all around my backyard and really people can't see in it. And so I kind of let the backyard go a little bit. Is anybody with me on that? Like, like if you know that rain is coming, you know it's going to be a storm, and you think, man, i got a half an hour, or i got an hour, or whatever, however long it takes to cut your grass or whatever. I can do some yard work. I'll get the front yard done, and then if the rain comes, I don't really care about the backyard all that much. Does anybody play that game? All right, all right. Just want to make sure I'm not the only one. feel like I'm in a support group here this morning. Hi, I'm, I'm Ron, and I don't really care about the backyard all that much. But that's what we do, right? We kind of like, we want people to see, or we want our, our front yards to look nice because that's what people see, you know? Uh, Fenced-in backyard, it can go for a couple days because it's really not all that big a deal because we're the only ones who see it. Now, fences come in all shapes and sizes. We're going to scroll through just a few pictures here of some fence. That's a nice fence. I'd take that one uh, in, in my yard. That looks pretty nice. That's okay too. That's a pretty nice fence. All shapes and sizes. Of course, you had to be a millionaire to build a wood fence right now, right? 
but uh, that's coming down. That's a whole other story anyway. Uh, but uh, honestly, there are some fences that I have seen that are absolutely pointless. Here's, here's one of those. That is, that's a fence for, I don't, who would that be for? Like just a really little person or a tiny house? I don't really know. Uh, my first question when I see that fence is, you know, whose idea was that? And my answer is probably the government uh, did something like, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, but here's another pointless fence. Look at that, in the middle of the sidewalk. Okay, what is that even for? I don't know. Can anybody even think why we would put a fence like that? Here, this might be my favorite. This is a head scratcher to me. All right? All right? That's not even a fence. That is, that's a gate to a fence. And if you look closely at the sign on the gate, it says, please close the gate. Well, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. That's going to that's gonna help a lot. But what most fences are designed to do is to keep something out or uh, to keep something in, right? So we have a fence around our house because we have a pool in the backyard and we don't want stray uh, pets to wander in or stray children to wander in and get into our pool. Or some of you have fences to keep something in, like maybe you have a dog or you know an another pet. But basically, a fence is a separation between two spaces. And so as we're continuing in this series today, let's go love one another. This concept of fencing is going to play a big part in what we're going to see as God's plan for us. God's plan for His church. God's plan for His disciples. It should be the part of every church, right? God wants us to be connected with one another. He wants us to love one another. God wants us to love Him. He wants us to love one another. That's the greatest commandment that God said that there is, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love uh, one another as well. And so God wants to uh, wants us to love one another. You say, okay, that's great, but what do fences have to do with that? Well, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to begin in verse 19. And we're going to read through to verse 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Now, before we see what the writer of Hebrews is saying here, let's go back to the fence for just uh, one, one moment, all right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture your life as a yard, okay? Your life is a yard. Everybody got that in their brains? And if we are honest with ourselves, a lot of us would admit that we would like to have a good fence around our yards, or we would like to have this barrier around our lives. We'd like to have this fence around our lives. We're comfortable with showing people, right, and letting people know about our front lawn, right? We put on these masks, and, and, and we want everybody to think that everything's good, kind of like our front lawn. We're, we're well manicured, and everything needs to look nice, 
right? But we have this fence around our backyards keeping people out because we don't want people to see what our backyards look like. Our front lawns might be nice and trim. We might even have a nice sign on the front porch, a welcome sign. It might have some flowers, all that kind of stuff. You could have this beautifully manicured lawn. Everybody just looks at us, oh, just, that's just wonderful. There's some folks that live down the street from us. This guy has the most, he has the best manicured lawn that I think I've ever seen. And even up into December, his grass is like, like this thing. It looks like carpet. Does anybody have a neighbor like that? This guy's grass looks like carpet. Come to find out, he actually has paid to have an irrigation system in his yard so that he can just turn it on and the water, he, it waters his yard and his, water, and his grass grows really thick and lush and then he, he's cutting grass like every single day. It's absolutely crazy. Does anybody here do that? There's, good, because that's crazy, all right? And, 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 and so, I'm not, I'm not going to win that neighbor to Jesus, am I? Like, he's crazy. But, but we want our front lawns to look super nice, don't we? I mean, um, metaphorically speaking. We, we want everybody to see our lives. We want everybody to see the front yard and look at us. Oh, wow, they, everything looks, looks great, okay? The front yard is what we show people. The backyard, that's different. The backyard is the real us. You know, and, and, and you don't get into our backyards unless you're invited into our backyards. Or you break in, sneak over the fence or something like that. But you, work with me on this metaphor, okay? You don't get in unless we invite you in. In fact, we build these fences because we don't want people to know the real us. We want to put up this facade. We want to put up this, uh, this face. I don't want you to see the parts of my life that aren't all that attractive. All those parts of my life that aren't that great to look at, I don't, I don't want you to see them. I don't want you to see the goats and the chickens in my backyard, right? I don't want you to see the dog piles that might be around the backyard, the stuff that's not too clean and too attractive. Because the backyard is private, the backyard is all mine. I don't really want you in it. And that's what we do sometimes in our relationships with people, with dear brothers and sisters in Jesus. We don't, we don't let them in. Everything in the front of the house is perfect. It looks awesome. But the back of the house, everything behind this fence is where we really live. That's the real us. That's the true us. Right? So here's the deal about fences. God's not a big fan of them. I mean, it's okay to have a literal fence in your yard. You know, that's okay. But I'm talking about this, uh, this metaphor that I'm using. When it comes to our relationship with Him, He, he wants the whole yard, guys. You know? And, and, and our relationship with one another, and if we're really going to be in a relationship with someone, and we're really going to call them our brother and sister, and we're gonna, really going to love like I think God wants us to love, we've got we to... Gotta, We've got to put these fences down. We've got to tear them down. God wants us to look at fences differently, right? And here's the first thing that we need to understand. Jesus has crashed through the fence for us, okay? This fence that we have between us and God that I talked about a moment ago, Jesus has crashed through that. There has been this fence that has placed, uh, been placed because of our sin between us and God. And the writer of Hebrews in this first part of this passage says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence in the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way, open for us 
through the curtain that is his body. And since we have this great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The writer of Hebrews is basically saying that because of Jesus, there is now no barrier between us and God. The fence has come down, guys. Before, there was no way to get to God. It wasn't just a fence, it was this, this gate, this really uh, difficult uh, gated fence that was almost impo- it was impossible to get over. In fact, well, you had to go through a high priest, you know, you had, and the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, he would go in on our behalf, but now that has, has been taken away. Before, we couldn't enter into God's presence without a high priest. But when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil to the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom. And that being torn from top to bottom is very significant because that indicates that God's the one who tore the veil. If man was going to tear the veil, he would have just cut the bottom. A couple guys would have got on either side and they would have ripped it apart and it would have ripped from bottom to top. That's how you do it. But the Bible says it was ripped from top to bottom signifying that God's the one who tore the veil when Jesus died on the cross. That's why I get a little agitated at churches that want to diminish the cross. Churches that don't want to talk about the cross, that don't want to talk about the blood of Jesus because they're afraid that if they put the cross in a visible place, then it might be offensive to someone. Well, a church that doesn't acknowledge the cross offends me. No. Without the cross, what's the point? No. And because Jesus is our great high priest, the veil was torn. Or for our purposes today, God crashed through the fence. And, and He broke down that barrier that was between us and Him. And now the Bible says that we can come near to Him. We can draw confidently near to Him. And crashing through the fence is as simple as saying, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and repenting of your sins, and, and by being baptized into Him. And here's the deal, we're never going to make it into the presence of God with this fence that is separating us. The book of Romans puts it this way in 3.23, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we all have this, this fence, Right? And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of that fence, we'll never get to God. But Romans 5.8, But God demonstrates His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so God knew that there was going to be this big fence even before we had this yard. And Romans 10.13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And God never denies a fence-crashing job. You call on His name. He'll be there. Have you ever drawn near to God? Have you ever acknowledged that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Have you ever repented of your sins and been baptized into Him, allowed Him to enter into your life? We sang just a moment ago, Spencer picked out that song, and I never even put the connection together till now, but since Jesus came into my heart, what a wonderful change 
in my life has been made since Jesus came into my heart. That's what He'll do for you if you allow Him to crash through that fence. He'll come into your heart. He'll come into your life. And He will change you. And then when He changes you, He wants you to allow others into your yard. We come here each week to the corner of Mar Road and Indiana Avenue. We sing songs. We smile. We, well, we may hug if you're not afraid of COVID. Uh, we say good morning. We even eat sometimes. But oftentimes, oftentimes we come to church and we bring our fence with us. You know? Even if we're shaking hands or even if we're saying hi, hi a little bit or even if we're hugging, we bring our fence with us. And you might be thinking, I thought you said that Jesus broke the fence. Well, He did, but you know, every single one of us, Jesus has broken down that fence and made it possible for us to be with God if we'll do what He tells us to do. But a lot of us like to keep that fence up there. You know? we're, but we're commanded to love one another. Imagine for just a moment I want you to picture this for just a moment. In fact, you might even close your eyes. Imagine all of mankind just standing before a fence of sin, right? And that fence just comes tumbling down when Jesus died on the cross. You you can open your eyes now. When I draw near to God, when I become His follower, there's no fence anymore. It's gone. But here's what we do, right? We, we start taking wood or whatever material you want to use. And we build up a fence between others and ourselves. And even though Jesus has crashed through the fence, we, we build new ones. And we only want people to see the pretty parts of our yard. We don't want people to see our laundry. Whether it's clean or dirty, we don't want them to see our laundry at all. We don't don't want it to see it hanging on the clothesline in our backyard, right? So we keep these walls up. And we keep very close tabs on what parts of our property we allow people to see. We become so good at at building fences. And if we're going to love one another, if I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to say, let's go, folks, let's go love one another. I mean truly love one another. We have to be intentional. When we intentionally demonstrate our love for one another, I believe the community sees that. And I believe they see this irresistible love that you possess, that you've experienced through the love of Jesus Christ. Right? Again, it doesn't mean I love our programs. It means you intentionally love someone. And that's impossible to do from behind a fence. So what do we do? What do we do with all these fences that we built? Because we've all got them. The Apostle Paul told us what to do, and I'm thankful for that. It's a perfect remedy. He says, do not forsake the assembling together. Now this is the passage that we preachers have used for years from the book of Hebrews to make all of you feel guilty about missing church on Sunday, right? That, that we've used that for years. Do not forsake this only one another. Some are in the habit of doing. You miss church on Sunday, bad you. That's really not all that is intended by that passage of Scripture. What the author is really talking about here is something much bigger than this. It does include Sunday, but it's way more than Sunday. He's talking about doing life together. 
He's talking about living in community. He's talking about once you leave the four walls of this church, you are still in contact with the people in this church. This is your family. He says, love one another. And living in community means that these fences have got to come down. We've got to stop building them. And it means be real. And it means share ourselves with others. It means having a deeper relationship with the people around you more than just sitting in a chair in the same row with them on Sunday morning. It's more than just coming to church on Sunday and me standing up here preaching at you trying to get you to do something. It's doing life together after you leave this place. And that means sometimes you got to let people in your backyard. Right? Even if there's stuff in your backyard you don't want people to see. Anybody remember uh, the sitcom Home Improvement? Anybody remember that? Tim Allen? I love that show. It was good. They need to bring that back. That's good stuff. It's probably on somewhere, TV land or something, but... Tim Allen had this next door neighbor. Anybody remember what his name was? Wilson. Yeah. Nearly the entire series, every episode you go out and and we see a scene similar to this, right? You never saw the guy's face. You never saw Wilson's face. He lived next door to they lived next door to one another for years. You never saw Wilson's face. And sometimes that's what it's like for us folks in the church. We sit in a service with people. We might serve on committees with people. We might be in a Bible study with people or a Sunday school class. But we never really see the whole person. We don't allow someone to see the whole us. We only get just a little glimpse of them from behind our fence. You know, Someone stand on the other side of that fence and maybe we see their face. Maybe we don't even see that much of their face. I don't know. But honestly, at the end of the day, there's still these fences between us and I can't come and embrace you in your time of need with a fence in a way. When you're having that family crisis and you need somebody there to be with you, if this fence is in the way, you've got to get it out of the way. Fences impede our love for one another. Hebrews 10.25 Do not Give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So let me ask you this question. Whose yard are you in, and who are you allowing into your yard? I remember when I was growing up uh, as a little kid, we'd play wiffle ball in our backyard. We had all the neighbors over, and we'd, have, we'd just have incredible wiffle ball games. I mean, it, we were almost professional wiffle ball players. It was, it was pretty incredible, you know. Uh, but in right field, our neighbors had a garden. In, in right field, and most of the time it wasn't a big deal that the garden was in right field, because most of us were right-handed, but if Andy Lumsden played with us, it became a big deal, because Andy was left-handed, and if he would pull the ball to right field, he would hit it so far, it would go into their garden. Andy Lumsden wound up being drafted by the New York Mets. Rob Gaskell was his catcher in high school. He was a great pitcher. Uh, he wound up being drafted by the New York Mets, and he'd come over, and he'd play ball in our backyard and he would just hit the ball so hard and it would go in the garden all all the time you know and it would get very very 
frustrating. And I'm not sure how they did it, but they must have had an alarm hooked up to the green beans or their tomatoes or something. But every time we would step into the garden to get the wiffle ball, Mrs. Palm would be looking out the window. You know, get out of my garden. Yeah, it just, I could just picture it like it was yesterday. If we're going to fully experience what God has for us in the church, we can't do it from behind a fence. We've got to let people into our backyards, side yards, the whole yard. We've got to do life together and then enjoy the company while we're doing it. Imagine being a kid, right, and you're invited to a birthday party and you go to this birthday party and the host at the birthday party didn't really plan anything, all right? Let, just imagine for just a moment, it's a kid's birthday party. You sit all these kids down at the table, right, and you get them all, you know, all right, guys, get ready. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna eat. We're going to have our snack. And you serve them all bran flakes, right, at this party. Okay, and to drink, here's what you got: bran flakes, and and to drink, you're gonna get this old, nasty, unsweet tea that's in a jug that's been sitting on the counter for about a week and a half. It's not even cold; it's warm. So you got warm, old, unsweet tea and bran flakes. Happy birthday to you! Isn't that awesome? There's no games. There's no bounce house. There's no face painting. There's nothing. Right? You just sit around and talk with a bunch of kids. How many of you as a kid would have enjoyed that as a birthday party? If you raise your hand, you're lying to me. Right? I know that. Right? And you walk out of that party and you think, they didn't even try. They didn't even try to do the right thing at a kid's birthday party. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. I love that phrase. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. It could be translated as let us stimulate. In other words, let's consider. Let's contemplate. Let's strategize. How can we stimulate one another to be encouraged? How can we get them fired up to live their best life for Jesus? What can we do to encourage someone with the love of Jesus? What I see a lot of times happening is we're really good at it. And I'm, I'll just be honest, I'm good at it. I'm, I'm really good at this. I'm, on, I'm honestly good at, at leaning toward the negative. I'm honestly pretty good sometimes at being critical of someone else. Instead of doing what this says, let's consider, let's contemplate, let's strategize how we may spur one another along to love and good deeds. I love that. You know, Think of it as planning a successful birthday party and instead of serving bran flakes and nasty tea, right? You're planning this big party for someone in your life and it's going to take intentionality. It's going to take strategy. It means we're going to find a way to encourage someone to do what the Bible is asking us to do. It means that we need to get outside the four walls of this building and be the church with one another and with those who are not here yet. It means to get beyond the walls and the fences that we have built and offer some help 
For people behind those walls, maybe we need to pull some weeds in someone's life, help them out. Maybe we need to babysit some of their kids. Maybe we need to bring in meals in a time of crisis. Maybe it's meaning that there's these go-to numbers in your phone that whatever it is that you're going through, you've got somebody that you can call on the spur of the moment and you know they're going to be there. Maybe it's inviting someone over for dinner. Maybe you know a young couple here they're new to the church and you'd just like to invite them over for dinner or out on a double date. Maybe it's teaming up with some people in the church in a service project, working alongside some friends. Maybe it's just enjoying one another, helping each other enjoy serving Jesus with the time that Jesus has given us left to serve Him in this life. One thing that I'm excited about that's coming up on July the 31st, um, we have decided that as a church we are renting the Donner Pool Uh, and we are inviting all the police and all the fire and all the ambulance, all first responders, they can come and they can bring their families for absolutely free. You all are invited to come as well. And we just want to show them we support them and we love them. And we encourage you to be there. We want you to be there. July 31st from 7 to 9, that Kona ice truck's going to be there. So you got free snow cones and you got free swimming from 7 to 9, July the 31st. It's, it's going to be awesome. What I want is as many of you to be there to just love on our police, love on our firemen, and, and love on all of our first responders and encourage them, build them up. You know? Let's go, folks. Let's go love one another. As we leave this morning, I encourage you to understand that Jesus has crashed through that fence for you. What fence are you going to crash through for someone else? Whose company are you going to enjoy just so you can encourage them, so you can spur them on until the day that Jesus comes back. As we close, maybe there are some folks here today who, who maybe this is the first time you're realizing that Jesus has broken through the fence for you. Um, maybe you've never confessed Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you've never repented of your sins or been baptized into Him. We, we want to encourage you to do that. Or maybe you're here, uh, you've already done that, but you want to become a part of a, a church that's doing their best to love one another and love their community and spur one another on to do good works. Um, maybe you're watching online and you have a decision you want to make online. We encourage you to text the word READY to the church connection number that you'll see on the, on the screen. Whatever your need is today, we encourage you to come um, we're going to lead you in a song of decision, and at the end of this, uh, or during this song, uh, you, you meet Kendall down here at the front, and um, whatever need you might have, we want to do our best to, to, uh, to spur you on in that need and encourage you. Let's stand together.